1: All right, thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit. This is episode 14. And on this episode, we're going to go ahead and take a look at week three in the NFL. going to recap it. So, like I do every week, I'm going to pick the three teams that impressed me this weekend. And then on the flip side, the three teams that have me scratching my head. Then we're going to take a look at the Monday night game. That just happened between the Ravens and the Chiefs. And looking at that matchup, we're going to talk about, you know, there's a lot of uh, analysts out there trying to throw around that Mahomes versus Jackson is going to be the next Brady versus Manning rivalry. So I'm going to take a look at that and see whether that's a good comparison or not. Then, of course, whenever I do my recap show, I have to end the episode with the, re- with the review of my picks to see how well I did. And then after that, close it out with a look forward to upcoming episodes. So with that, well, before we get started on the recap, just want to say congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning as they won the Stanley Cup tonight. And have become the first, I believe the stat is there, the first North American team to win a championship uh, since everything was shut down with the pandemic. So, like I said, congrats to them. They've kind of been in contention contention the past two or three years. Didn't get over the hump. But they pulled it out this year. So, so I am going to say that before we get started. But then with that, Week three, another week, great slate of games. You know, we had some that went down to the wire, a couple of blowouts. But all in all, another good week of NFL action. So the three teams that did impress me this weekend, my first team are the Bills. Now the Bills are very close to ending up on my teams that disappointed because in that game, the Bills actually went up 28-3 uh, to three, then managed to blow the lead found themselves down 32-28 and then Josh Allen led Buffalo down the field for a game winning touchdown they won the game 35-32 so the reason why that I've been impressed with the Bills it's Josh Allen I know Josh Allen struggled last year And it was mainly because, you know, he knew he was a mobile quarterback. So it seemed like a lot of times last year he was looking to use his legs to gain positive yards. But this year, it seems like he's taking that next step with his passing. Because against the Rams, uh, he threw for over 300 yards. And like I said, he led them on that, you know, late game, fourth quarter drive when you have all the pressure, especially at home. And he made great throws. Sure, he got help with a pass interference call when they were in the red zone. That was a little controversial, but he did take advantage of it, and they got the win, so they are now 3-0 and and atop the AFC East. Second team that impressed me, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I mean, most of you probably know the 49ers had a rash of injuries last week. They lost Jimmy Garoppolo, their starting quarterback. Raheem Mostert, uh, one of their running backs. They lost Nick Bosa on the defensive line. They lost Solomon Thomas on the offensive line. They're without George Kittle, their top pass catcher and tight end. Now, granted, they did play the Giants. I get that, but... They went in there with Nick Mullins as their quarterback, and they won 36-9. to Offense looked like it didn't miss a beat at all. Once again, you can contribute that to the Giants because the Giants aren't that good this year, but it's still impressive showing for a backup quarterback to come in, and you can still put up 36 points. And the defense missing some parts because I didn't even – Mentioned they're also without Richard Sherman, their corner. And I believe a safety that they're missing too. Name slips my mind right now, but yeah, they held the Giants only nine points. Once again, Giants aren't a juggernaut offense, but there's been instances where teams will have some injuries and then, you know, they kind of play down to their talent. And this easily could have been a game where you know the Giants hung in there and maybe the 49ers pull it out in the end but no 49ers left no doubts on this in this game my third team New England Patriots so they went up against the Raiders previously unbeaten Raiders were coming off that big win against the Saints and all the Patriots did was rush for 250 yards they forced three turnovers from the Raiders they even got a defensive touchdown on a sack fumble in the end zone. The defense, they held Waller, the tight end for the Raiders, to I believe it was one catch. Uh, they were flying all around the ball on defense. You know, they kind of minimize Josh Jacobs, who's a threat at the running back position. And they they frustrated David Carr. I mean, Derek Carr, sorry. David Carr is his brother. But, but yeah, they won 36-20. to 20. And other than the Raiders scoring a late touchdown, it wasn't that close. So, so those are the three teams that definitely impressed me this weekend. But now we got to look to the other side and the three teams that just left me scratching my head. The first team... I mean this is becoming a a weekly ritual now. The Atlanta Falcons. They did it again, everybody. They did it again. So last week against the Cowboys, it was the what a 15-point lead that they blew. Well, you know, they won up that and had a 16-point lead this week against the Bears. And mind you, the Bears benched Mitch Trubisky went to Nick Foles when they were down and Nick Foles led them to the 16 point comeback so yeah 16 point lead all of a sudden Atlanta was coming up with three and outs on offense Nick Foles was finding guys wide open in the secondary and also with that the Bears had two touchdowns called back because of replay now one Anthony Miller dropped a wide open pass in the end zone you know he did have to die for it so it was a little bit difficult but it's one he should have held on to and the other one Allen Robinson caught it down the sideline in the end zone now when I was watching it I thought it was a touchdown because I thought he had it came down the ground and then the Falcons corner um Dennard wrestled it from him when they were on the ground so I thought it should have been a touchdown but they gave Atlanta the ball in the end it didn't matter because the Bears ended up coming back and winning anyway but it's just once again more questions for Atlanta one Julio Jones didn't play so for Falcons fans out there it's the yearly ritual where Julio has a hamstring injury or a foot injury. Misses a game or two. And then the defense once again. Missing tackles. Especially the secondary. They can't seem to bring anybody down once they make a catch. And then on top of that, they can't cover anybody either. Because the D-line isn't getting any pressure on quarterbacks. So... I mean, they did create a couple of turnovers, which was, which is what led to Trubisky getting benched. But all in all, they did not play well yet again. So more questions for Dan Quinn to answer. I mean, I've stated on previous episodes, Quinn should have been gone before the season started, I believe. But you got him now. So I'm guessing he's going to finish the year. I, I don't know. I refer to me, if you don't want to do it in the middle of like early on in the season you do have a bye week coming up you could easily let him go during the bye week I'm just throwing that out there and make matters worse the Falcons next week have to go to Green Bay and face Aaron Rodgers in that hot offense on Monday night so now they're going to be on the national stage. Hopefully, they figure some things out because last thing they need is to get blown out Monday Night Football or do what they've done the past two weeks—have a lead and lose it late. Because then, at that point, maybe Arthur Blank's hand gets forced and they have to just let Quinn go. But well, we'll see. Second team that disappointed me: the Eagles. I don't know how many of you watched that game, but So basically what happened was the Eagles, Bengals went, you know, down to the end in the fourth quarter, ended up tied at twenty three. They get into overtime. Neither team could do anything offensively until like the last twenty seconds when the Eagles had the ball. They were within field goal range. Mind you like the back end of field goal range but their kicker uh, Elliot does have a strong leg so they came out to kick a 59 yarder which like I said he does have the leg for it and as only the Eagles could do uh, one of their linemen jumped offside five yard penalty so now it becomes a 64 yard field goal so you're a team that's 0-2 you have a chance to kick a 64-yarder. There's only, like, at this point, I think there's only like 15 seconds left. So what would you have done? I was watching. And I was like, you might as well just let him. Either you let him kick the 64-yarder or you go for it on fourth down, see if you can pick up the first down, and then try to kick the field goal. The Eagles didn't either. They punted the ball so clearly at that point they're playing for the tie and of course once the Bengals got it they couldn't do anything with the ball because at that point there was like 7 seconds left and they were deep in their own end but yeah I, I don't understand what the Eagles are doing there it seemed like a simple choice for me I mean I would have let him kick it because I've i seen Elliot kick long field goals he has the leg for it but like I said if you weren't going to do that then you have to go for it on 4th down to at least try to play for the win you don't play for a tie nobody ever does that so and it, luckily the Eagles are in the NFC East they are 0-2-1 but the leader of that division are the I guess, Cowboys and Washington at 1-2 and two. so Nobody's exactly running away with that one yet. So the Eagles season is still you know, somewhat up in the air right now. If they can turn it around, they can find themselves on top of that division in a couple of weeks here. If not, who knows? Because between the Giants, Washington, and Dallas, who knows what those three teams are going to look like. And the final team... That has me scratching my head. The Ravens. I get it. The Ravens are two and We're two and coming into the Monday night game against the Chiefs, another two-0 team. As you know, people said, arguably arguably the top two teams in the AFC, if not the NFL. So as I sat down to watch this game, I was expecting it to be you know either a back and forth kind of shootout game or you know tightly contested game down to the wire ball in either Mahomes or Jackson's hand with a chance to win it well that didn't happen the Chiefs looked like the much better team absolutely dominated the Ravens and by the end of the game they threw up Lamar Jackson's stats and it wasn't pretty Lamar Jackson threw for 97 yards he is the quarterback so only throwing for 97 yards that tells you your that tells you the story right there and then rushing yards he had 84 yards so I guess the fact that that game was only 34 to 20 maybe you have to give Raven some credit I don't know but, but yeah, just watching it 34 to 20 doesn't even do that game justice. It was not that close. I mean, yes, that's still two touchdowns, but if you watched that, you would have thought the Chiefs were up by four touchdowns. When the Chiefs had the ball on offense, it looked like they could do whatever they wanted. The Ravens, it was, you know, Jackson would drop back, try to beat the defense with his legs. Sure, he had a couple of decent runs, but he also did run into a couple of sacks as well. Uh, He, he was, you know, a little bit off on some of his throws downfield, which I think I said in the last episode was the Ravens best chance at beating the chiefs was to establish the run, do some play action and try to beat that chiefs defense over the top with, you know, Hollywood Brown or um, Mark Andrews, their tight end. Now Andrews did have a drop in the end zone, which would have been a big play in the game. But he did have to lay out for it, so you know it wasn't you know like an easy pass that he dropped. But it is a play that he don't that he normally does come up with. So it's still a drop. But um, but yeah, not to say the Ravens can't be there in the end in the AFC it's like you know this could be a look ahead to what the AFC title game might be but watching the Ravens tonight it's not you know set in stone because now other teams in the AFC are looking at it as okay so if we meet the Ravens in the playoffs or even during the year we see how to beat them stop their running game forced Lamar Jackson to beat you with with his arm which was kind of the playbook going into the year but you know when the Ravens won their first two games you know it was looking like maybe their offense had turned the corner but tonight going up against a good Chiefs team it was obvious that Jackson still has some improving to do in terms of accuracy Uh, the Chiefs I'm the Chiefs for the Chiefs. Mahomes hit all of his weapons. They put up points. Uh, Edwards, Edwards Allaire, ran the ball effectively and the defense, you know, did enough to win the game. So, so those are the three teams that had me scratching my head and the three teams that impressed me. But now I want to look into, I guess an interesting topic of, because what the Monday night game, of course it became the marquee matchup of Patrick Mahomes remember don't call him Pat Mahomes because if you watch the game his mom tweeted out to ESPN that uh, they needed to stop calling him Pat Mahomes which Mahomes did explain at the end of the game that his dad is Pat he's Patrick so yeah but it was a little funny moment in the game but yeah so they're kind of touting the matchup as Mahomes versus Jackson and if you put up both quarterback stats that was like a first round knockout if it was a boxing match because Mahomes threw for over 300 yards as I said Lamar threw for under 100 yards and you put that together you end up with a two touchdown loss by the Ravens so so yeah so looking at that they were saying that it's the next I guess incarnation of Brady versus Manning and as I was watching the game it had me thinking is that even the right one is Mahomes Jackson even on Brady Manning level and then two is that even a good comparison so hmm. Hmm. makes you think hmm. so for me Mahomes and Jackson can't be Brady and Manning. I guess it can be in one instance. Because to me right now, I see Lamar Jackson as a guy who, you know, will put up numbers, who may win a couple of MVPs. But I got to say, right now, I could see Lamar Jackson never winning a title. I mean, that may be... I guess a hot take, if you want to call it that, but until Jackson proves to me that he can be accurate and not solely be a runner, a runner who happens to play quarterback, but a quarterback who can beat you with his legs, then I don't see the Ravens ever one beating this Mahomes led Chiefs team in the playoffs. But if you look past that, it's not like that's the only team they're gonna have to get through. I mean, you have, I mean, you have Buffalo, who's an up-and-coming team. You have New England, even though they're in transition, they look like they could easily be there in the end in the AFC playoffs. You have Pittsburgh, that's on a little bit of a resurgence with Big Ben finally being healthy after a couple of years where he was hurt. Uh, you have, I mean, they have the Chiefs, of course. AFC South, uh, none of the teams there are really a threat right now. And then in the AFC West, so it's mainly those teams that, that Baltimore will probably have to get through over the next couple of years. But then after that, some other teams may come up. You never know, maybe Cleveland or something. But, but yeah, so like I said, Jackson doesn't get accuracy down. He wouldn't even be Manning. Because I mean even Manning got a couple of rings. But Mahomes to Brady. I think in terms of winning multiple rings. I'm not mad at that comparison. Because depending on if the Chiefs can keep. All of these weapons around Mahomes. And you know of course. The wild card with anything are injuries. But as long as the team doesn't get decimated by injuries or free agency. It's not wrong to think that Mahomes could lead the Chiefs to I mean he just signed with a 10 year deal in Kansas City. He's already won one. So over the next 10 years would it be crazy to think Mahomes could get two, three rings? I don't think so. So if you were to do that that end up with, like, three, four rings. I mean, yeah, you know, Brady has six. He's hoping to get seven with Tampa Bay, but we'll see about that. I can see you putting him in that conversation. But, but yeah. So, I think the Jackson side of this so-called rivalry needs to step his game up. Because it's not really a rivalry until... Jackson can consistently play well against the Chiefs and that's something he hasn't really done so far in his career but then also watching the game one thing I was noticing was I think Jackson may actually be even though he's still young in his career Jackson may be at kind of a crossroads in his development now follow me on this one but When I watch Jackson now, I see Mike Vick in him where, I mean, you Falcons Falcons fans remember Mike Vick from before Matt Ryan, where Mike Vick would be electric, making plays with his legs. He would, you know, split defenders, juke linemen, next note you blink, he's 30 yards down the field. But with that injuries and those injuries are kind of what hurt Mike Vick's ability to win a ring I mean he had a couple of playoff runs where uh, maybe they could have you know pushed for a Super Bowl title but it just didn't happen not to say Mike Vick wasn't a great player but you know he would have he would have done a lot more for himself if he could have gotten the Falcons to a Super Bowl and win it. So for me, I think what Jackson needs to do to take it to the next level is he needs to try to emulate Russell Wilson. Now, as I as I have said on like each of my NFL episodes, I think Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes. I think it's not even close. I mean, yeah, you have your Aaron Rodgers people. I mean, some may still throw Tom Brady in there. I only knocked Brady down because of his age at this point. But if Jackson can, like I said, at that uh, crossroads in his development, if he can kind of stop going down the Mike Vick road to kind of turn it to Russell Wilson. He'll be much better off. And by that, I mean, like Russell Wilson can beat you with his legs. The thing is, he doesn't want to. Like he wants to scramble around to throw the ball deep. And if you've seen Russell Wilson throw the deep ball, he throws probably the best deep ball in the NFL. He throws, you know, high arcing passes to let his receivers run underneath them catch them in stride and run into the end zone I mean not to say Russell Wilson doesn't make bad decisions from time to time but I mean all quarterbacks do that so that's nothing new but, but I think that's the part of Jackson's game that if he were to ever you know prove it to Russell Wilson level then you can talk to me about that rivalry being Brady Manning because the thing about the Brady-Manning rivalry was even though Brady has six Manning has two rings but when they were in the AFC together I mean you had several years where the representative was either Brady and the Patriots or Manning and the Colts and then later on Manning and the Broncos so every year you knew that one of those guys was going to come out of the AFC so right now Sure, it may be like that, but I just feel like it's going to always be Mahomes if he has to face Jackson. I just don't see anything in Jackson right now that gives me any proof that he can beat Kansas City in a pressure-packed situation of a playoff game. Like I said, he's still young in his career. He still has time to grow. That is something that's going to be interesting to watch for the rest of the year, because at this point, you know Baltimore is two and one. If even if Baltimore were to end up fifteen and one on the year, I still wouldn't overreact to that because I saw him against the Chiefs and he looked this bad. So I would need to see it in the playoffs, but he'll have other big matchups coming up where he can show that his arm is more accurate than he showed tonight so so I wouldn't go as far as to call it that rivalry yet but I'm not closing the book on it either it's open there's still a chance to you know beef up the the proof to make it the rivalry that it is so that's kind of looking back at week three in the NFL. As I said before, it was another great week of NFL games. Now you're starting to, I mean, it's only been three weeks, but you're starting to see your good team show it on the field. Because once again, with no preseason this year, you could look at the first three, four games as teams trying to feel out their personnel, see what they have. So you're starting to see your good teams show it out on the field and separate from your mediocre teams, and then the teams that are in the middle have serious questions as to whether they can make self you know make their way up into the to the top half of the league, or if they're going to sink to the bottom half and worry about draft picks. But speaking of picks. We have to get into my week three picks. And we got to see how well I did. So last week, I went 2-4, which was a terrible week. But I did say last week, I was expecting to do well this week. I was expecting to turn it around. So let's see how I did. So the first game, if you don't remember, I picked... The Falcons as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bears. As I spoke about in the teams that scratch my head, the Falcons had a 16-point lead. They blew it, and it ended up losing. So that's a loss for me. 0-1 on the week. Second game I picked, I took the Patriots as a six-and-a-half-point favorite over the Raiders. They won 36-20. So that means... That's a win. So one and one. Next game, I took the Bengals as a six and a half point underdog against the Eagles. They ended up tying. So that means that's a win for me. So two and one on the week right now. Looking good. Next game. Let's see. Okay, so I took the Packers. As a three and a half point underdog against the Saints. The Packers ended up winning 37-30. to 30, So that's another win. So now I'm 3-1 and one on the week. Okay. This is looking like a good week. And also, the Saints were another team that almost made it to my head scratching list. And if the Ravens didn't look as bad as they did Monday night, I easily would have put the Saints in there as the team for scratching my head because yeah something doesn't look right with Drew Brees there's already questions of benching him for Jameis Winston I mean if it gets down to that point where you're benching Drew Brees for Jameis Winston I mean Brees might as well look to file his retirement papers and call it a day but we'll see with that too so the next pick was the Monday night game I did take the Ravens as a three-and-a-half point favorite over the Chiefs. As I told you, the Ravens lost 34-20. That's a loss for me. So now I am 3-2 and two on the week. I have one game left. And I took the Seahawks as a three-and-a-half point favorite over the Cowboys. The Seahawks ended up winning 38-31. So that's a win for me. So that means I went 4 and 2. That's a good week. All right, so 4 and 2 this week. I was 4 and 7 after the first two weeks, so take the 4 and 2. I'm now 8 and 9 on the year. So I'm just one game under 500, but that's much better than where I was last week where I was 4 and 7. So like I said, like I say every week I am shooting for at least 60% by the end of the year. So, I'm already close to 50% right now. So, all I got to do is keep the momentum up going into next week. I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's going to be an episode later in the week where I will make my picks for week four. It's hard to believe that we're already a quarter of the way through the NFL season. But, but Yeah. We'll get ready for that, and um, that's I guess that's it for the NFL week, and that's the buzzer for that. But um, we're going to so I guess look forward to the episodes for this week. The biggest thing that's going on this week is we have the NBA finals that start. Wednesday night between the Lakers and the Heat. Of course, I'll give you uh, a preview show on that. Uh, also, we'll get ready for week four. We have Thursday night football. So I will preview that game and probably do my pick for that game before the Sunday and Monday games just to get it out the way. And then come the weekend, uh, we'll look at college football as as I said last episode which I talked about college football definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't but I talked about how college football probably needs a commissioner because they have all their conferences starting different times of the year and it's crazy but as more college football teams are starting to play I guess I'll, I'll start talking about college football a little bit on here yeah, that's kind of a look ahead to this week's set of episodes. So if you're new, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Give the show a like, follow, subscribe. Um, This podcast is on many of the major uh, podcast hosting sites where you go for your podcasts. So definitely uh, tune into the other episodes. Uh, For those of you who have listened to most of these episodes and following along with it Uh, appreciate you tuning in again and so let's say be safe and i'll definitely catch you on the next episode all right
0: this episode is made possible by pwc invest in a cooler future and be part of the climate solution Critical challenges require critical thinking, and that's why ESG is part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.